When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Twitter at Moscow Mush, my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84. Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you'd be bothered, send us an email to in that number podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to a special episode of In That Number. This is episode 174. Proud to be part of the Sports Social Network. Uh, A rather unusual one for us today. In the previous 173 episodes, we've covered everything Saints. Today, we'll be straying off that topic as Nathan Jones prepares his troops uh, for another project restart. Instead, we have England versus USA. Uh, A special fixture for us here at ITN. A lot of our loyal listeners are from across the pond, so we feel we cannot let this fixture just slide without giving it the attention it deserves. So it's England versus USA. It's World Cup 2022, and it's definitely coming home. With me today, representing England in the white and red corner, we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. How are you, Kevin? Yeah, I'm all right. This is the World Cup, Kev. Come on. I, this is the least excited I've ever been for a World Cup. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the it's the whole things that you know the cloud that's hanging over it and the fact that it's in the winter doesn't help. But yeah. And how England have fared in the, in the last two have just put me off. Yeah, 
Oh, more, we'll get more into that into the Nations League in a bit. But yeah, I, I, I see your point. And in the red, white and blue corner, we have, of course, Tim Bizance. T. Bizzle. How are you doing, Tim? Life is grand here in good old US of A. It's the week of Thanksgiving, so short week for all of us. And it's also my birthday week as well. So. Oh, well. It's actually, happy, on Thanksgiving. Well, I will be celebrating by sticking a drumstick in my mouth, thanks to you. Yeah. Um, but yes, it wouldn't be fair for two Englishmen to gang up on the American. Uh, so to even the sides up a bit, we have the host of Blue Shirts Breakaway and friend of the show, I hope, anyway especially after this, uh, Greg Kaplan. Greg, how are you feeling? Oh, well, you cannot write a script like this one. It's World Cup year. Yes, I can't believe it. I mean, it was just when the draw was made for this, I was so excited about it. But yeah, England versus USA. Amazing. But um, guys, how are we feeling about the World Cup in general? Because, you know, it's upon us now. It's kind of snuck up, didn't it? Uh, and starting under that massive cloud that I mentioned. And I know people that, you know, people are choosing to boycott it. You know, that's fine. But, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the controversies that have dragged this tournament into the mud? Oh, Christ. I mean, you know, starting with the, the choice of the location for a number of reasons. Uh, it's outrageous, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Logistically, from a human rights perspective and uh, it's mind boggling. But, yeah, we're here. It's 2022 already. Uh, it's happening. Um, yeah, there's not much the teams can do about it. Nobody's decided to boycott it. Um, Christ, it starts in, in about an hour and a half, doesn't it? It does, yeah. That humdinger of a game, Qatar against Ecuador. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be sold out. <laughs> First and foremost, there's what, what what Kev just said. It's it's completely It's completely baffling to me, but then it's not because money talks. So when you put it in perspective that a country with a serious record of human human rights abuses on top of the desire to create what is effectively and may even end up being a fire festival type type event after this is a glitz and glam as a novelty project. All in all, um, there's just so many fallacies you can think about it. Um I just don't know. I don't even know where to begin outside of that. They shouldn't they shouldn't be hosting this. Now, with that said, am I going to support the team? I'm going to support the team, but I'm not going to support the country or the venue or um, the, you know, say that and give a Infantino type speech and defend them for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, did you hear that as well? I did. Yeah. Outrageous. Fucking mental. (laughs) What what do you expect? What do you expect? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's. Ray, you and I have talked off pod about this before, and it's it sucks that one, it's in Qatar, given the human rights record, given what it took to make these stadiums, given the size of the country, given everything. Like, from the American perspective, this country is the size of Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut. It takes you two hours to drive from end of the state to end of the state. I can't imagine there being a World Cup-sized event happening in the state of Connecticut. It's just ridiculous. You go into the fact that they had to move it from the summer when there are no sports except baseball to Thanksgiving week, essentially, and lead up to Christmas where there are so many sports that you're overwhelmed. So you're not going to necessarily have the fanatic energy to watch every game. And then it was bad enough. And Infantino gets in front of a microphone and essentially goes, you know, a lot of people like he what about ismed atrocities. (laughs) And it's just. Oh my God, man! How could you? Could you be more tone deaf? 
Like, <laughs> and and the, the, the thing that really blows my mind about it is Infantino was, it was Sepp Blatter. So Infantino <laughs> could just put everything on Sepp and really put the blame somewhere else and make himself look, I mean, you can't look great. You're running FIFA no matter what, but you can make yourself look better. You can really polish that turd. And he's like, instead of polishing the turd, what if I just take a dump on top of the dump? And what if that helps? And, well, and that's right. Like, all in your fucking faces. Yeah. If, if I make it smell so bad, you think people will stop talking about it or will they talk about it more? It's, it's the most tone deaf tournament that's ever been put into place. And, uh, it, like Tim, I'm obviously going to watch. I'm obviously going to cheer for the U.S. I'm obviously going to get excited. I'm not going to feel clean about it at any point, though. No, exactly. I think that's 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 how I feel about it in general. And the, the, the whole Infantino speech is not. Yeah, it's just it's it's, it's bad. It's bad, and everything that has happened in the build-up to this it just seems to be getting worse as well. And, and I know on Friday they announced that the alcohol will be banned from the stadiums as well. Not. The, you know the massive the massive point but it's just just a very late decision on that and it's again more things that are happening at this world cup that are making me think oh should i really be watching this right now are, are we going to see any any bootlegging do you think no or if they do that we're not going to hear about it because the last thing that uh cutter is going to want to do is uh talk talk about that they're just gonna they would just automatically deport anybody and not make a big deal about it they've already made a big deal and an issue about all these things and to me, it's like the old uh, it's like the old Simpsons episode where, well, Mr. Mr. Burns is he went to the doctor's office and they're trying to realize all the diseases that he has going through the door and that none of them can fit together. So they're all in perfect harmony. It's basically this type of situation with all the issues with Cutter going through. Nothing can get through and nothing sticks out w- more than one right now. Yeah, but I mean, to answer your question directly, Ray, do I expect Americans and English and Welsh fans to not try to bring alcohol into a stadium. Yeah, I'm expecting that to happen. And I'm listen, uh, uh, Brit, Brittany Griner still is in jail for like nine years in Russia. Yeah. I think we could be getting something of a similar level. If some kind of YouTuber or something gets put behind bars, it's, I think it's totally possible. You kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And even before it was banned, I mean, I saw the prices they were charging for a 500 mil bottle of Budweiser, £11.50. And that's just shy of fourteen dollars. What the hell? Well, I mean, now that's, 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 that's surprising. Yeah, that's the, the least last... surprising thing out of all this. Yeah, I don't know the last time you've been to Madison Square Garden, but buddy, I got oh, bad God, news yeah. about the beer you could get there. Yeah, but you wouldn't get a five hundred mil bottle, would you, at, at Madison Square Garden? And fourteen dollars, well, Jesus. Adva- advantage, you guys, for making sure everything's in the metric system, though, because dumb Americans <laughs> were being like, it sounds like a lot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how much is incidentally? How much is a beer at MSG these days? I do believe a, a tall boy is, I, I believe, going to run you sixteen fifty. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'll be smuggling alcohol in there then. Little hip yeah. flask, brilliant. But just, just, I don't. We don't condone this. If any any listeners are out there are saying, "Oh, that's not a bad idea," and are trying that for Qatar, then yeah, I'm not going to be yeah. responsible. No, for that. please God, don't do it in Qatar. I don't <laughs> want to read about you getting arrested or anything like that. Or better yet. I don't want to read about you, di- quote unquote, disappearing. Uh, like yeah. getting arrested would be a step in the right direction. But there's like it's it's really dark to say there's a chance that you could just be never heard from again. But there, you could just be never heard from again. You could just be yeah. erased from the world. Yeah. Well, you and did it, say you didn't want to hear from that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a self-fulfilling process. <laughs> 
Ah, oh, anyway, uh, back into the World Cup then. I remember back in 1994, the US hosted the tournament. Kevin, me and you were, were what, we were nine, just going on ten. Um, and I remember the opening ceremony well enough, and despite England not qualifying for it. Um, and I remember seeing a reporter smooching around Pasadena and asking the average Joe who's going to win the World Cup. And not one of those US fans knew it was even happening. Um, but now, I mean, come on, the, the growth of the game since then has been massive. You know, the MLS continues to grow. Um, I, I don't know. I just still think it needs to be made more available in the UK because I never get to see it over here. I'm sure it is, but that's probably my fault. I don't I don't look for it. Um, and of course, the next World Cup uh, in 2026 will be held in Canada, US and Mexico. So that's only going to help the game grow even more. Um, but yeah, guys, Tim and, and Greg, do you remember that World Cup? Or are you too young for that? I was six years old. And the original first game was in Soldier Field. So I have a deck of cards that is from the, with the World Cup 94 logo on it. Um, but beyond that, all I know is that when I, cause I was living here in Chicago at the time, that it was going, I, I heard about it and that was going on and that was it. I, I think football in the mid 90s wasn't really that popular, especially in Chicago, cause they had, um, that team Chicago Bulls. I don't know if you've heard of them. They, they were pretty good in the, in the, in the mid 90s. So. Uh, they were. I really I really did not know that. You know, mm. it's it's not like my entire closet is full of things that is related to the Chicago Bulls and have child, you know, childhood memories with it and scene going around. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. I'll, um, I had a different 94 experience from Tim uh, being a I was five. So around the same age, but being so you, a uh, the hockey in 1994 was pretty good. Not not just the hot. So there's a phenomenal um, ESPN 30 for 30 that I don't know if they have it in England. It's called June 17th, 1994. And it walks people through the day. Amazing. Amazing. It, it's video. my amazing. favorite 30 for 30. It's it's just live footage of all the sporting events that happened that day. And on that day, the 1994 World Cup started. The New York Rangers hosted their the parade. The Knicks and Rockets were playing game five. I believe at Madison Square Garden, the NBA Finals. It was Arnold Palmer's final round of the U.S. Open. Ken Griffey Jr. set a major league record for most home runs in the first half of the season. Oh, and a guy named O.J. Simpson took L.A. police on a chase on the L.A. freeway mm. that dominated the airways throughout all of it. It's ridiculous to think that all these things happened on the exact same day in 1994. But from a kid growing up in New York perspective, I will be completely honest with you and had no idea the World Cup even happened in 1994. The Rangers won the Cup. The Knicks, uh, a historic loss in an NBA Finals, and baseball went on strike. And that's about all kids in Connecticut cared about. For me, I knew the World Cup kind of existed in 1998, but I don't think soccer, the, the momentum that it needed, I really don't think it took hold until the women won in 99, and they became a complete phenomenon. I, I don't know anyone that wasn't watching the Women's World Cup in 99, Mia Hamm, um, mm. Judy Fowley, uh, Brandy Chastain scoring the game winner, taking the shirt off. That's maybe one of the five most iconic sports photos in American sports history. So I, for me, and you also have to take into consideration, not only do the women win in 99, but then the men advance to the round of 16 in 2002. So you all of a sudden have this U.S. momentum that has people understanding this event, caring about this event, more importantly, rooting for successful teams in this event. Uh, and then I, 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 to this day, I still think what has taken soccer to the next level is the Premier League, the rights 
being easily accessible on American television every weekend. It, you've, since 2010, when NBC got that contract, it is a night and day difference from people who understood soccer, played FIFA, played the video games, enjoyed the World Cup every four years to like there are football conversations that happen on a weekly basis now because of NBC and their coverage of the Premier League. It's I don't think it would have happened without that massive factor being involved. But yeah, 94 had no idea it was here. Didn't know it existed. A lot of things were going on in America at the time. For me, <laughs> 90, 99 is the line in the sand where the women winning, that team becoming a phenomenon, everything changing uh, in terms of how I ingested soccer. Yeah, it started in 1999. Uh, women, this was the Title IX was the focus of within collegiate athletics to uh, to have equal representation for both money or or you know population or type of enrollment within athletics where it was such a huge disparity. And because of that, it's been 25 years now when it was first enacted in 1997, and how it's built up to where we're at today. Women's sports are just as predominant in terms of when it comes to the uh, participation mm. in today's society, which is lovely um, and which is great. Now, in terms of popularity, it, that's a that's a different that's a different item because it's obviously all the major sports leagues, but. Women today, today's day and age are a whole, it's a whole lot better than it was. And it definitely was spurred because of that women, the Women's World Cup in 1999. Yeah, I'm just hoping that England get that same kick because women's football over here is getting bigger. Um, and obviously winning the Euros in the summer has helped massively to, to inspire the, the, the younger generation to even, you know, participate, which is fantastic. Back to 1994, I think that must have been the first football match I ever watched, or at least the first football match I remember watching. The final, Brazil. The Italy. final, yeah, Brazil. Yeah. Roberto Baggio missing the penalty. penalty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, anyway, the match, England versus USA then. So it's on Friday, the 25th of November. Or if you're American, it's on November the 25th. Uh, time, local time is at 10 p.m., uh, 7 p.m. in the UK. Kevin, I believe it's, it's 10 o'clock in the evening for you. Is that right? It is. Yeah, OK. And uh, uh, yeah. 2, 2 p.m. for uh, you guys. On, and you're both on Eastern time, aren't you? I am on Central time now. Now they live in Chicago. Yeah. It is uh it it's it is a perfectly timed match in the US and it's not by coincidence by the way that the US very conveniently is not playing on Thanksgiving a day dedicated to American football and will instead mm. get the Black Friday treatment a day dedicated to heavy drinking, shopping, <laughs> and other sports of any other. It day. is going to be the. It is literally the perfect day for the biggest. This is this. If they, if it wasn't for, I mean, just the hoopla and all the other sports going on, this should be the biggest and most watched soccer match in the history of the U.S. That's good. Um, and the venue it's in the Al Bait Arena uh, in the city of Al Kir. Forgive me, um, my Arabic isn't up to scratch. Uh, it has 63,000 capacity and will host the opening match later this evening. Um, it's the second biggest stadium in the competition as well. And it has a retractable roof. There you go. Interesting. Uh, Tim, I'll go to you first. How are you feeling about this fixture? Are you nervous or are you, are you pumped for it? Well, uh, the way that I look at the group is so you've heard of the term group of death in the past. And there is no true group of death in no. the World Cup this year. Um, but in terms of the in, if you. You did the you did golf scoring and you added up all of the in the teams in all of the groups and to see who has the lowest ranking, the lowest total number, that would be our group. 
And what that means is the bottom three of the group, meaning there's England and then the rest of us uh, chums, the we are like fairly that. equal uh, in we are fairly equal right around the same ranking. Now, FIFA rankings can be debatable, but I can't consider it with some ebbs and flows. And so to me right now, we need to play Wales first, which is tomorrow. And you guys need to play Iran tomorrow, which is uh, obviously first. And so I really hope we're not looking ahead to the match. Uh, I really want to be able to go in and get and develop and get that because if we're able to beat Wales, it's going to give us so much confidence because England isn't a down isn't a downturn right now, Easy. and it can give us the and it can get in the opportunity and we can if we can build that momentum. Right now, outside of maybe Miles Robinson who tore his Achilles, we're looking at approximately a nine or ten of the starters that we wanted that we were thinking about six months ago. Uh, so to me, I have. I will have a whole lot more confidence if we do well and play well against Wales and and if, if we can beat them. Greg, are you scared? Uh, honestly, no. Um, similar to what Tim is talking about. I, I haven't even taken into consideration how England has played lately. I haven't taken into consideration who could be possibly be in the U.S. lineup. To me, the entire future and ability of the U.S. in this World Cup comes down to that Wales game. If they get a win against Wales... Everything's going to feel peachy keen. Everything's going to feel like house money. Whatever happens against England happens. It, it, it starts feeling a lot like the Germany game from 2014 where, sure, you'd like the U.S. to have a nice showing, but realistically, doesn't quite matter. Um, if the U.S. get a point against Wales, I'm going to be much more nervous and feel like the U.S. has to park the bus a little bit, just make sure Harry Kane doesn't score any goals. And then if the U.S. lose to Wales, I'm going to be doom and gloom. It, it's going to be it's going to be straight misery, and it's going to feel like the United States don't have a path to um, advance out of the group. So it's it's honestly hard to look towards the England matchup at all because it feels like the fate of the United States is going to be determined in their first game against Wales. It's the most important game on the calendar. It will determine the importance of the remaining two games. And yeah, it like worst case scenario for me is the U S lose and England lose to Iran. And then both teams <laughs> come into that Friday game feeling like they absolutely positively need three points. And it will be in just a bloodbath that the United States is not equipped to win a bloodbath at this point in time. So let me get through Monday. Let me, let me beat Wales. Let me remind Gareth Bale that winning the MLS cup doesn't mean shit in the international <laughs> football stage uh, and then talk to me about England because right now it's, I, I honestly don't know where my emotions are going to be. Cause I just give me the three points tomorrow and I, I'm a happy man. Yeah. And Kev, that, it's funny that Greg should say that because if England do actually, you know, lose to Iran, which it's not an impossibility, right? I mean, if, if, if we believed what Iran are going to do is they're going to park the bus straight away. They often do that. Uh, and then they can catch us on the counter and win one nil or something. Then that U.S. game becomes incredibly nervous for both nations. But yeah, how are you feeling about it, Cam? Um, I don't know. I think much. To, I, we, we should we should win that Iran fixture. Um, and if we don't, then yeah, <clears throat> USA is going to be a big problem, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we don't want um, to come to that, do we? No, I think yeah, it has to be. Uh, a safe win against Iran, and then whatever happens in that US game, I don't think really matters too much. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's difficult to say which is the more difficult fiction. 
States or Wales? Uh, well, I just think because Wales are going to be up for the England game a lot more than they are for any other game in this group. Would you agree? <clears throat> just know the, the, the amount of passion and the, the, even the fans will bring for it, just like a home nation's tie. It's just got that little bit more. I don't know. I guess it would be kind of the similar thing if, if the US were playing Mexico or Canada. It just has that little bit more bite or oomph to it. Uh, but luckily, we we should hopefully, fingers crossed, be qualified before we play well. So that won't be an issue. We just need to pick up three points against against uh, Iran and then a point against America. It won't be a bad thing, will it? No, no, no. no. Uh, and Greg, I, I was on your show earlier in the week and we previewed the groups. And, and I mentioned that all four of these sides are in the top 20 of the official FIFA rankings, which is something that Tim just, just touched on. Iran are ranked 20th. Wales are 19th. Uh, USA are 16th and England are fifth, so that's um that's one nil to England. Um, US women though, they're they're of course they're ranked number one, and the English, but the English are fast approaching, so let's call that one one. Um, and also I mentioned, uh, or I don't know if I did actually, but England have been at war with every single team in this group. So yeah, uh, Kevin, I'm sure you're well up on your Anglo-Persian war. Um, yeah, I remember it well. <laughs> Um, and Greg, if we if we're to go by the odds, the final standings on this group will be England, Wales, USA, Iran. Is that correct? Now in the U.S., the U.S. now has the edge over Wales in terms of interesting advancing mm. out of the group, but it's incredibly small. I believe the U.S. odds are now minus one ten, and Wales is minus one hundred five. So it might as well be a toss up. Um, but slight money has shifted here in the United States, where the U.S. is slightly favored to come out of the group and it i don't know i mean i'm curious tim's opinion too because it feels like over the last couple weeks the narrative has shifted from this u.s team can do something special this rotation to well all they really need to do is get some experience because 2026 is when they're going to explode and i got it feels a little Mm. defeatist from where I sit, it feels like the U.S. is already coming up with excuses for why they're not going to advance past the group stage. And I don't like it. I, I, I hate that mentality. It, it's like a fan base being like, well, I'm just happy to have made the playoffs. Yeah, I'm here. Don't waste my time. I'd like to win now. Oh, I Thank think you. So. I think, though, it's a, it's a free hit in a way, though, isn't it? Because they're underdogs and they're not expecting it. And if they go and do it. Then, wow, yeah. you know, what does that do for the country? At, at the same time, yes, but at the same time, like, can a country be ser- taken seriously on the world stage if they can't advance past Wales? Like, I, I, I'm not saying Wales is bad or anything like that, but the United States have these, have these pie-in-the-sky dreams. It's an incredibly young roster. Talent is oozing out of every part of it. Players are now playing in Europe in, in high-leverage roles. That's all great, but, like, if this team can't beat – late end of career Gareth Bale and his ragtag bunch of nobodies I'm yeah. going to be upset I'm I'm not, that's not going to be a moral victory for me no I get it I do I do get I do get that but yeah I, I kind of sense it that it is it's such a young so I think it's the second youngest team in, in in the World Cup I do also think that it is shaping up for that 2026 one because a lot of them are still going to be there if they're good enough still of course and I think that's the one that we need to watch out for I think they could really make a dent in that in that tournament well me and you greg had, had both said that it's going to be england and the usa that are going to come through this group uh tim and kevin any movement on that from you um i think the yeah, that outcome of the um, us wales game is probably going to decide it um but yeah i'd probably agree with that 
Oh, Tim? It's right now, I give it a 40% chance that the U.S. advance, the 40% chance the Wales advance, and 20% chance Iran, Iran advances. So to me, I feel 40% confident that they can advance in the group. Does that okay. mean that England's 100% to advance? <laughs> uh, yes, I believe that they will be either first or second out of the group. Now, if they're going to be, if this is going to be like 2010 and Pickford's going to give a holler like Rob Green, uh, hey, let's sure not talk hey, about that. Had to make sure that uh, gets thrown in here. But uh, where we end up scoring to and beat Algeria in the last minute to become first in the group, I will gladly take it. But I think England's going to, whether they're going to limp through or be dominant through, they're going to advance uh, into the next round so yes i will God give a you, tim. Thank yep. you. tim are you are you suggesting that iran is going to take this group hostage uh, that that truly uh, that that truly sounds like a contra affair that <laughs> would be revolutionary if that happens Ah, oh, uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, historically, we, you know, we've met ele- uh, 11 times in total, USA and England. Um, Greg and Tim, without cheating, how many times have the USA won? It can't be more than two. It just can. You're going with two. Uh, Tim, I'll go with you? three. You're right. It's, it's two. It's two. Well done. Um, yeah, USA won the first ever meeting back in 1950 in that World Cup. Uh, and the U.S. Cup back in 1993, which I don't remember. I don't know what it is. I just made that up, I'm sure. Oh, is that just, the Confederations Cup? I suppose. Yeah, it must have been just to make it sound like it wasn't a friendly. But hey. uh, England have won eight of those. Um, I'm not going to read out all the English victories because we have too many. Um, but I, I will read out the margins of victory. Uh, we've had a 6-3, an 8-1, a 10-0, a 5-0. Uh, and most recent we uh, faced was November 2015 and a comprehensive 3-0. Uh, Jesse Lingard, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Callum Wilson, if you're wondering. Uh, that was at Wembley. Trent, have a, wait, Trent yeah. played in that game? And he scored, yeah. I have no recollection of this, but this was November in 2015. In 2015? I, yeah. Why in my head do I feel, what was he, 12 in that game? <laughs> yeah, I don't He's remember wearing diapers. This. Yeah, I don't remember this, but he still did it anyway. Um, one thing to mention, though, all of our eight victories have been in friendlies. Never a competitive match. My mind is blown. I did not know that. And yeah, of course... Well, I got I got news for you. You forgot the two biggest victories on there. Something happened in 1776 and 1812. Oh, OK. Yeah, we're going back to that now. Aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're talking historically, it's just further evidence that England doesn't show up unless it's a friendly. Yeah, it's true. And of course, that one draw um, in the 2010 which World Cup, which Tim reminded us of. Thanks for that. Um, guys, I want to talk about your your manager, Greg Berhalter. Greg, I, I, I understand you're not too keen on him. I'm not. I, I I really, really wish it was. I, I'm not asking for Bruce Arena. Uh, I'm happy we've moved on from that part of our life, but I could not possibly be more out on Berhalter. He just I, I don't respect international managers that don't have the balls to justify the decisions they make within the squad. Um, I, Tim earlier mentioned Jedi Robinson being or uh, one of the Robinsons being out for this World Cup, and it leaves a gaping, ginormous black hole next to Walker Zimmerman on the United States back line. What about Long? He's played like terrible for not, the last year or so. Yeah, he's, now, he's played like trash. Now, it's, it, it's fair to point out that it took John Brooks a while to find a new team this year, and it's fair to point out that John Brooks has not been involved very much in the Benfica side this year. 
But if you go all the way back to a couple of years ago, Greg Berhalter has dropped John Brooks from the U.S. national team without explanation and without merit. And this is a guy who has scored on the World Cup stage, has played against uh, big teams on the World Cup stage. He was a fixture and his entire international career is thanks to how he played in the 2014 World Cup. And it's baffling to me that when you have a center back opening on your team that you don't take him. And it'd be one thing if that was the only decision. But there is one position in the U.S. since Clint Dempsey's retirement that has just gone vacant forever. And that's a central striker. The United States don't have one that really knocks the doors off you. And he's tried a lot of things to his credit. But it feels like he tries a lot of MLS options first. Jordan Pifak is near the top of the Bundesliga Golden Boot Race. He is scoring goals against some of the best competition in the world. And at no point except one, I think, Gold Cup match against, like, the Grenadines has Jordan Pifak featured in a Greg Berhalter side. It doesn't make any sense. And then... Ray, you know this from you and I talking other sports, but nothing, nothing in my life frustrates me more than a coach who feels the need (laughs) to imprint a system on a team as opposed to building a system given the pieces that he's given. And Berhalter is desperately trying to fit these square pegs into round holes every fucking time. And my only hope, my only hope of the U.S. not advancing out of this group stage is they will finally can his ass and get someone in here. There is the question is who would I prefer? I don't I don't know at Klinsman. this point. <laughs> Klinsman was at least entertaining though. Like it it was chaotic. Nice. It was chaotic, but it was like chaos is at least fun. Burhalter is boring and bad. Those are the two worst things you can be. So you don't have a natural number nine then? That's what you're saying. What about um Gio Reyna? Where does he play? Does he play off the off the front? He's he's he kind plays of best. off the front. Yeah, he's he, yeah. the 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 best attacking options the U.S. have kind of come from the wings, where guys and, like and also Rainer's Rainer's born in Sunderland, so he's not even American. Just well, so. listen, if you're if you're if your father is Claudio, you are American. Those are the rules. <laughs> so currently, right now, what we have in terms of our striker options are truly individuals who aren't playing as a tr- a typical number nine, not the Harry Kane, not the Callum Wilson. So. When he's mentioning Jordan Pifak, the only person that would probably or potentially fit that mold is Jordan is uh, Josh Sargent. But I like Josh Sargent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And but even so, though, none of our front players like uh, you might you might see Timothy Weah. You might say Christian. You might see Christian Pulisic play up top. You might see Jesus Ferreira, who's an MLS product, who I don't while he dominates an MLS. I don't see him dominating very much on the international stage. Um we don't have that that number nine right now that is definitive. We cannot tell you, nobody can tell you who is going to be in that starting front three outside of Pulisic and where he'll be on the line. So to me, it's a little hesitant to us and seeing what's going to go on. And that is our and then our center uh, center back option. Miles Robinson and, and Walker Zimmerman were pretty much a, an amazing pair and worked together um, fantastically. So seeing Miles Robinson out and then Josh uh, John Brooks at least. I, I could find and justify why he was dropped and not brought in because he couldn't find a team. Um, but in the international stage, he's only flourished with us. And so it's one of those players like, why did, why did you not bring him? But he, to be his fact, like where, Pass, yeah? 
<laughs> yeah, and we're like to to his fact though, he brought in Tim Ream, who is thirty five, but he's that left sided center back that could be a compliment to uh, Walker Zimmerman, where people were screaming for him because he's really genuinely played well alongside Anthony Robinson, who's the uh, they're the they're both play for Fulham now and our starters there. Uh, so we couldn't really tell you who's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Walker Zimmerman and somebody else. And I'm thinking it's going to be, I generally think it is going to be Tim Ream. And then you've got Serginio Dest and you've got uh, Anthony Robinson and you've got Matt Turner. So there are some insecurities that we have within our team. And there's a few players that I'm, uh, um, yeah, it's a matter of how we're going to mix up. I'd say there's probably 16 players that can uh, potentially start out of 11. Yeah, Tim, Tim, doesn't it, it it feels really Southampton-y, doesn't it? where you are super confident on the wings and in the midfield, but you have no fucking idea who's going to score a goal, and you're 50-50 <laughs> on who's going to prevent the goal from going in. Yeah. Well, I the thing, though, is if we had Che Adams starting for us, though, I would feel 10 times more confident because he would get up there and he'd be the, and he'd have the hold-up play, where then the wings, whomever it would be, if it's Aronson or Reyna or Pulisic, he'd be able to drop off and run, and they'd be able to make the runoffs. And then with Eunice Munsa and Tyler Adams, well, Eunice Munsa and Weston McKinney, I think if we had Adams, that would be a massive compliment to the team. Oh man, if we had if we had Adams and Salisu, I would be we we would be we should be favorites in the group as well. I'm <laughs> generally I'm I'm genuinely serious about that. Okay, that's interesting. Um, Kevin, a word on Gareth Southgate. Um, well, he's led the team to a World Cup semi final and then to a Euro final. Should he be getting more respect, or should we be saying that you know he's missed the best chance? that we've had with these these bunch of players? Um, as far as you could make a case for, for either. Um, I, I feel that, um, you know, just like any England manager, Gareth Southgate's just one poor tournament performance short of losing his job. But um, yeah. you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on uh, your perspective. Um, a bit like Man United in that Well, <laughs> well um, I don't remember United getting to a final in the last five years. But... Um, um, but yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, you got us to got us to the final Euros and the semis of the World Cup. So yeah, that's um. I I don't know, Ken. I always that felt the, the draw I, was uh, quite fruitful for us. But I always felt with 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 Southgate that he was kind of like a, a stopgap. There was, I think mm. it was it was after Allardyce, wasn't it, when he came in for a game and then <laughs> and went. I always thought that Gareth Southgate would take over on a caretaker basis, and then we'd get somebody who who was really really worthy of the job, and he's still here. Now, I do think, yeah. no, no matter how far we go in this World Cup, I do think this is his last tournament with us. You um, think so? I do think so, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's getting a, a, another contract out of this. I, I think the amount of players that we've got, the amount of attacking players that we've got and the options, I don't know. I, I do think, the, the thing is with England, they've got all the players that, that we could possibly want right now, apart from defensively, but... I just feel like there's always somebody that comes along that's just that little bit better than us. And this World Cup is no exception. So and we always play those teams like quite early on. And fortunately, in the last World Cup, we were lucky um, that we got through against the teams that we did. And even in the Euros, you could say when we found that team that was just a little bit too, too good for us, they beat us. Um, Okay, Italy and penalties. It was a it was a 50 50. But. But yeah, that's yeah that, that was frustrating. Now, that, that was the most frustrating thing because we dispatched uh, Germany, which is where mm. we normally slip up, didn't we? And then, exactly. Um, yeah, Ukraine and Denmark didn't. That wasn't particularly difficult. And you think that if you hadn't have parked the bus, if we'd have gone 
all out and risked a bit more than that final would have easily been ours. But uh, yeah, that's kind of has to go on Southgate, doesn't it? Because yeah, I mean, they, they did go out for it. Luke, away from Luke, Luke, Luke Shaw scored straight away, didn't he? And we thought this is it. But then they did sit back and they did a Saints and and, and conceded and you know. Can I uh, can I ask you guys an ignorant American question about England right now? Yeah. How seriously should we take England's just god awful performance in the Nations League? Is it like is it just glorified friendlies that no one's trying to get hurt in, or is this a sign of things to come? I do think that he was experimenting a little bit with the team in the, in that Nations League, and whenever we break up from the World, uh, sorry, from the Premier League to play these Nations League games, I, I feel like nobody wants it, including the players. They, I mean, the season just starts and then you break away and you play these these meaningless Nation Leagues games. And the first season of the Nations League, we got to the final and they put everything into it. I just don't think they did. And it was terrible. And I think that is what's what isn't helping England's chances uh, in, in this World Cup. People are going to look at those games and think, oh, my God, they got battered by Hungary. Yeah. But in fact, he was changing the system up a bit. You know, he, he experiments with the back three or the back five, um, and, and a 4-4-2, well, 4-3-3, rather. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm basically, I don't want to pay attention to those. I think you can look at the, the qualifying. That's the real England. Even though we were playing against lesser opposition, and I think we, yeah, we won 10-0 when our qualifying, and that was, um, that was San Marino, though, but those are the games that really, really make it. And I always feel that England always have performed better in tournaments, much like, um, like Germany, in that sense, because, you know, they're not very hot at the moment either. But as soon as they get into a tour- in tournament football, that's when they start, you know, to really, really press it. I mean, historically, we would always boss qualification and then mm-hmm. squeeze ourselves out of the group stage and get beaten by Germany. That's the formula, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Or lose, yeah, lose on penalties. Yeah, that, that is exactly, exactly what I've, I've had to experience my entire life. But now we seem to be getting a grip on qualifying and punching above our weight in the tournament and i do think we've been punching above our weight certainly you know the uh, how far we've got not not necessarily the opposition that we've been playing um tim a little bit of a uh, word on your uh conquer calf your uh your qualifying uh so you played 14 you won eight lost two and drew four i mean is that is that record fair i mean did you think you played well enough to be here or was it just a bit of you know spot of luck that you managed to get through no, I think we actually played like the third best team in CONCACAF. And so based on the qualifying setup, I think we should be here. I think there's enough talent, obviously, throughout the, the, the play. And we did enough to beat up on the minnows. And you, when you think of when you think of traditional CONCACAF play, you think of the U.S. and Mexico and then everybody else. Uh, recently, Costa Rica had that good. It was, I think, believe it was 2014 that they were able to advance and uh, other teams have made it through potentially like Jamaica and Trinidad and Tobago and, and Honduras uh, in one-offs here in the last uh, six to 12 or last three to three to four World Cups. Uh, but for us, uh, Canada did absolutely fantastic and they came onto the national fray. Uh, well, the international fray coming and coming through and having being led by Davis um, and then just having a collective team play. Their manager has been fantastic for them and all, mm-hmm. all in all. Um it was a it, it was a scrape to get through, and they finished at 25 points, equal to Costa Rica, who was fourth. And so, going throughout the session, we were pretty much secure since we beat Panama. And we, if you did not see this at all, in the second to last game, yeah, five uh, we, Well, we beat Panama against uh, in, but we played them in Minneapolis in February. 
and it was sub-zero yes. temperatures. I think you said you know, that on the show, actually, didn't you? Yes, and it was completely crazy to think about what they were doing. They basically had to make it, but I mean, there was a dumb decision. On, uh, I think it's a dumb decision, not just for the fact, because when, when you get, when you create conditions like that, it creates equal play, but it worked out because Panama, you know, shook, you know, shook in their boots and uh, they couldn't <laughs> shake it off. And Matt, I mean, I see Matt Turner literally just doing running sprints between the six and the 18 yard box, trying to stay warm during the game. Um, so uh, nonetheless, uh, I mean, they definitely, they, they lost to Canada um, uh, away. They lost to Mexico um let's see let's take a take a look here they they beat well they tie mexico away in azteca so that's always a plus true which reminds me as well uh yeah and that's just and sometimes uh, i mean what what you're ultimately looking for in qualification is you win at home and you and you you try to draw away and get a result away that's how you get through and, and you qualify because um, looking at that, if you've ever watched a game uh, between El Salvador or Honduras against any of them, it's literally just kicking and screaming and punching. And it's just, it's an ugly, ugly, ugly game. And it's called getting concacaf and if you go down to the if you go down to the rainforest in Central America and you're playing El Salvador and it's a hot evening and or wherever it might be or you're playing Azteca, which is 7000 feet, it, it's it's really tough. It, it can um, be. Yeah, that's something that we don't actually have to deal with, isn't it, Kev? We just got the same. <laughs> it's not really. Uh, yeah, the different uh, climates um, that you have to have to play through. But your, your qualifying yeah, start is bad as well. Like the nil nil draw in El Salvador to start things yeah. off. And then the so 1-1 to, draw against Canada. It was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is going to be a struggle. Absolutely. So then in the beginning, we were a little, we were a little, yeah, there were, we were a little concerned there, but we picked it up. Um, we didn't recognize that Canada was going to be so good. And looking back on it as a, in a, in a backward, in a, in a backward perspective, Canada playing so well, they did, they were fantastic and they, and they absolutely deserve to be here as well. So uh, congrats to them. And I'm going to root for them. I'm genuinely going to root for Canada. So am uh, I. I yeah, I want to see I want to see them be, be well and succeed. And uh, if you and also if you didn't follow Costa Rica, they won like their last five games in a row to be able to get to fourth place and then had to beat um, they had to beat Peru or I'm sorry, they had to beat New Zealand on the uh, the International Confederation playoff. Yeah, which was crazy to think about. So um, all in all, happy. They, they deserve to be here. And for the three for the for the three automatic qualifying spots and uh getting excited getting excited so i mean it is it, i'm a little tentative overall and the wales game is really scary to me even though it's tomorrow and i'm uh lot, lots lots to think about yeah and greg like the, just a little bit more on the qualifying pulisic top scored with five and you got six clean sheets in that and four of them were matt turner two of them were zach stefan who's not even going to the world cup which that surprised me a little bit uh you scored 22 goals in qualification and you let in nine that's okay, yeah. Yeah. To what Tim's point is, did I, I? I never really felt like the U.S. were in doubt of qualifying. Uh, what frustrated me mostly was that Mexico really looked not just vulnerable, just flat out bad at times through the qualification round. Um, Took four points and, from them. Yeah, which is good, but it's like the thing that frustrates me about the U.S. finishing third. It has nothing. Canada. Being as good as they were, completely. You and I have talked about it before. You, we're big Canada guys. We actually mm-hmm. have. Um, I have a little action on Canada coming out of that group and all I that. I do too. I think Canada will come through. But it's 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 really that the U.S. It, it, 
They seized the individual opportunity on Mexico, but they just kind of let Mexico hang around. It should have been Mexico sweating out whether they were going to qualify or not. It's not like the U.S. sweated it out per se, but the U.S. were in more peril than Mexico was. And there's just so much more turmoil in the Mexican Federation right now than there is in the U.S. that it is disappointing to look back at the qualifying and be like, how do we finish behind them? This time, really, we took four from them. We got the Azteca point, which is essentially a win. And it's just like the U.S., they always let these games that they should win trip them up, where they don't think about it or don't take it seriously. Or, like, it's just at a weird time, and it's in a weird country. And all of it, it, it to Tim's point, CONCACAF is just a fucking mess. And who, won, who won that group, by the way? Was it Canada? I believe it was Canada, yeah. Canada won with 28 points. Uh, Mexico is finished on. Uh, let's take a look here. And they, USA third. 20, and 20, Mexico finished on 28 as well, but less on goal difference to Canada. And then US finished at 25 uh, with plus 11, and Costa Rica uh, at 25 with plus five. So ultimately, Greg, you're saying that I'm guessing because they couldn't take their chances against a weakened Mexico side, that it kind of affected their seeding going into the World Cup qualification or the World Cup groups. <sighs> I mean, maybe I, I, I just it's frustrating to me that it felt like there's still this level of entitlement with the U.S. men's national team that just doesn't quite feel earned. That bothers me in the qualification process where, yeah, if they play at 70 percent, they're going to advance. They are simply better and more talented than a lot of other teams in CONCACAF. But if this team really wants to take their game to the next level and be taken seriously on national stage. Sometimes you have to put boots to throat and it doesn't feel like unless it's Mexico, the United States is just like, yeah, hey, whatever it's coffee calf. We'll be fine. And it's like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't what you should be doing to build international confidence and prepare for big tournaments. And so finishing, finishing third, like the U S did, I'm happy, but it's also one of those things where it's like, guys really should have done better here. Come on. Now. Mm. Yeah. I get that. Kevin, UEFA qualification group i um albania andorra hungary poland san marino breezed through uh played eight 110 drawn two those two draws were poland away and hungary at home so no losses kev um easy qualification no no problem we had that 10 nil against san marino as well uh which was which was nice uh kane got got four goals on that night uh you expect to qualify top of that group and you know no problems whatsoever. OK, you, you could maybe think that a way to Poland could be a bit of a struggle. And that's the one that we, we had the one one draw with. Um, mm. But overall, Harry Kane, 12 goals. Just um, out of curiosity, do you know who was second, second most goals during England's qualification? This is open to anyone, by the way. Uh, Sterling. You're going Sterling. What about you guys? Uh, I'll say Mason Mount. Oh, and Tim? Let's go with Saka. Okay, no, it was Harry Maguire <laughs> with four, four goals in qualification. So, yeah, we had seven clean sheets. We scored 39 goals and we conceded just three. So that's impressive, right? That's the that's the England that we want to see. It doesn't matter who we were playing. That's the England that we want to see in this World Cup. Yes, yeah, that, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> if we can go through the whole tournament and just concede uh, three goals. Um <laughs> It's most likely going to be three goals against Wales, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you can't judge England at all um, based on the qualification because, yeah, we always seem to top the group. Um, but, yeah, hopefully um, Harry Kane's on form and he can score goals from open playing. Yeah, and more 
and don't forget he's the defending golden boot winner uh yeah <laughs> so, more goals please um but kev things that that, that uh, greg brought up as well and things that, that a lot of uh, england fans are worried about is that nation's league following qualification because it yeah. was dreadful um six games three losses and three draws uh, that last being that 3-3 draw um, at Wembley when Armel Balakotchak made his debut for Germany, of course. Um, but those Nations League losses, was it Hungary, a 1-0 loss and then a 4-0 loss. I, I can't quite understand. I guess to to Greg's point is that Southgate was experimenting with that squad and using it more as a friendly. Um, and yeah, so Hungary were in our World Cup qualifying group and we had no travel with them. So, I, yeah, again, it's just... Oh, yeah. racism. Well, yeah, apart from that racism. But the, the draws, I mean, we drew away at home and away to Germany and at home to Italy. <laughs> we always draw with Italy. So I think the bad form from that Nations League is the reason why Southgate is getting criticised so much. And while we're not maybe as high on England's hopes as perhaps we should be. I don't know, it could work um, either way for us. It could be a, a sign of what's to come. But I mean, you'd <laughs> hope that yeah, after all that experimenting that um, he's, he's worked out. Uh, what his best squad is. Greg and Tim, um, the US, how they're shaping up lately. Um, they've had a lot of injuries, though. Um, and I've heard through differing media sources that the the problem with the US is that the best, I don't know if this is Berhalter or it's just generally your players, that y- your best players don't play well enough together. And, and you lost to Japan and a nil-nil draw with Saudi Arabia most recently. But, you know, the injuries that you've had. I mean, who's missing out of here? You've got Chris Richards, by the way, who's not not going. You haven't really mentioned him. Uh, and Miles Robinson, uh, both key centre-backs, as you said. But is there anybody else that should be here? Because I mentioned to you as well then, Greg, uh, Zach Steffens, two clean sheets in qualification. He's not in the squad. Yeah, I, the, Greg Berhalter, for whatever reason, has never picked a clear number one goalie. And I think the mental gymnastics have truly messed with all of the goalies, but it seems like Stefan is the one who really between the ears took it the hardest. And is just, it's shocking that he's not here, but honestly, if this means it's Matt Turner's show and Matt Turner's going to run it and we finally have a clear number one, and we're not going to have to play this guessing game as who's in goal. Is it even Horvath this time? If they can finally just have a goalie play him all the time, and just run with it. I think it'll be better for the team. It's just um, like Forster and McCarthy again, isn't it? it it's kind of, it kind of is. And it's, it's, it's so frustrating. It, it's one, it's quite frankly, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback and the United <laughs> yeah. States, it's, it, they just, they have goalies. They just, for some reason are like, well, we can just keep playing ones that fit. It's like, it's not really how sports work. It's not how confidence works. You need to build confidence and consistency from a game to game basis. Uh, Chris Richards is injured. That one hurts. Because of the Miles Robinson injury, um, but to, like Tim brought up Tim Ream earlier, that was a surprise inclusion. Mostly, it, it's it's sickening that it's a surprise inclusion that an older player is playing so well that he had to force his way onto the team because of injury. Like a lot of U.S. fans were just accepting the fact that Aaron Long was going to be the guy, and it was going to be. And guess what? He still could be. I could be sitting here and Aaron Long. <laughs> could be in the team sheet tomorrow afternoon and I will be despondent and upset. Uh, I, from the U S it's like, there are seven players that for sure are going to play. Uh, Pulisic will be in the lineup. Uh, Brendan Aronson will be in the lineup. Tyler Adams will be in the lineup. Eunice Mutsa will be in the lineup. Weston McKinney uh, will be in the lineup. I'm not even sure Dest will be. He should be Uh Walker Zimmerman 
will be in the lineup. Sounds and like Zimmerman's going to have to be in that lineup. Well, they love Zimmerman, whether um, he has international respect or not. Zimmerman is – he's like this new-age Michael Bradley for a while there mm. where Bradley earned it to a certain extent of time, but the team would feel naked if Zimmerman wasn't in it. And then Gio Reyna is the seventh guy who will be in the lineup <laughs> if healthy. Uh, and then those other four spots, it's a lot of guys who should be, but you're not really sure. Like Matt Turner should be in goal. Josh Sargent should be up top, but you're not sure because he just fucking loves Jesus Ferreira for no fucking reason. Um, Sergio Dest should be in the lineup, but you're not sure because well, DeAndre Vickers Yedlin as well. I forgot about Carter, Carter Vickers and uh, and Yedlin. Yeah, you've got some players there that I've completely forgot about. Yeah, it's it's you know seven names are going to be in there. You could write them in with pen, and then the other four are just going to drive you insane and possibly piss you off. And it's unlike anything it it's unlike anything I've usually seen in other sports because there are clear and obvious answers and Berhalter's like, Yeah, but what if I'm smarter than you? <laughs> I'm like, buddy, you're not first of all, you spell your name like a fucking idiot. Who's got two G's on the end of Greg? As a fellow Greg, <laughs> I'm fucking offended. Like no, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm what confused. What the fuck is by that? that? Is his name Gregory that he spells Gregory with two G's? Or it is better it just... fucking not be, because that's just fucking ridiculous. It, <laughs> It drives me up a wall, the double, uh, the men in blazers who are a great U.S. based football podcast. Call him Triple G and it cracks me up every time because I just, <laughs> I'm Googling him now just to make sure his real name isn't Gregory. Yeah. Uh, I want to It know is you. not. It is, it is Greg just... Matthew Berhalter. Greg with two G's at the end of it. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Tim, you got any thoughts on, on how, how the U, any more thoughts than how the U.S. are shaping up? Yeah, so like we, like we said, so I'm going to go uh, back to front here. Matt Turner is going to be your starter. You're going to have Anthony Robinson, who solidified the left back. Serginho Dest, who solidified the right back. Now, uh, so with the center backs, Walker Zimmerman, and I do think it's going to be Reem who's going to start. I think CCV is the is is great. He's been playing really well for Celtic, and they are really happy to have him there. And uh, he's thriving there, which is great. So he's a good third option. You're not going to go with Aaron Long then. Oh, no. I mean, I don't want Aaron Long. Now, this is a hope. Now, I can see Aaron Long being started, but he just hasn't played very well, and he hasn't created confidence in uh, it, it to me. So I do think, though, he's... I think he's going to play the hot hand and he is going to play Reem because they're going to, he, he wants to have the continuity there because if left if Tim Reem is left footed um, and then in, in Robinson there, so the left side is truly a Fulham lineup. And I think that's going to be uh, to be their help. Uh, you're going to have a, uh, you're going to have a central three of McKinney. Uh, so six being Adams, eight being McKinney uh, and then the 10 being Eunice Munsa. And then you're up front. Who is it going to be uh, potentially? Um, I do think it's going to be Pulisic and it's going to be maybe Wea. I'm going to just go off the limb and say it's going to be Wea. And then you're going to have Aronson. Reina is going to be your super sub. I think you're going to have uh uh, you're going to have Yedlin as an option as a sub as well because of, because of his pure pace and speed. He's basically a, he's Kyle Walker light to me, uh, except he can't play center back. Um, and then you've got uh, other, you know, who are your who are your you know your heavy hitters? That's going to be Josh Sargent. I don't think he's your heavy hitter, but he's going to be able to come off the bench. And then um, rotating through, who do you, you know? Who do you trust in these types of situations? Um, I don't necessarily trust De La Torre as in that eight or in that ten, um, but I do see that um, you know there's just uh, there's 
I feel com- I feel comfortable, but not 100% confident there. Greg, off the back of this tournament, can you see any USMNT-based players uh, in the or based in the US making that big move to Europe? Um, there already, but is there anyone young that's playing in the MLS right now that that is going to get a move to to Europe off the back of this? The crazy thing is, for the first time in a very long time, this is a centrally European-based side where I don't really know. Like Robinson is a guy you'd think would explode, but I think English fans know about him already because he's been pretty impactful at Fulham for a couple of years now. Um, I think maybe we'll start talking more about Yunus Munsa on a could he come to the Premier League type level. Um, but outside of that, honestly, as this is going to sound absolutely insane, but I think if Brandon Aronson has an absolutely incredible World Cup, which is totally possible, I think the guy that's going to benefit most from it is his younger brother, Paxton, who just moved over to the Bundesliga. But if Brandon Aronson has this big move, everyone's going to be like, wait, can we get the next Aronson? And there is another Aronson who is really good and really young. And I think the player who could get, see the his stock rise the most this World Cup is a guy not even going. <laughs> That's great. Look out for him. He could be heading to uh, to Europe pretty soon then. Looking at the MLS players, you've got Miles Robinson, who is towards Achilles, so he's not there. Walker Zimmerman, who's 27 or 28 right now and is a center back. And is that too old for him uh, to come over to the Premier League? No, I don't think so, but I don't think he's going to make that move. I think his MLS is in starting for Nashville and is the uh, you know the leading uh, – he's, the, he's their captain – um, so I don't think he's gonna. They're gonna make that move. Sean Johnson, who's a backup MLS keeper, he's not gonna. He, he's he's in his thir- late thirties. Um, everybody else is already in Europe. That really matters. And the only other person who's probably gonna play who's not in Europe and Yedlin's at Miami right now, but he's been he's already been at Newcastle. Yeah, he's been, yeah. And, yeah. So is Jesus Ferreira, who's a nine, and who's who he is young. So he, I we're don't talking know like Jordan 21. Morris because he's at Seattle right now. So no, 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 no. He's in his tw- he's twenty six, twenty seven. Okay. Christian Roldan, twenty six, twenty you know, or twenty four, twenty five. I don't think he's going to make it. Jesus Ferreira is the most likely option to come over. And now I don't think it'll be the Premier League. I think he is going to go more towards like a, a Portugal or a, or a, you know, a low level team in Spain. He wouldn't come over to go to Germany or he might go over to like the, the air divisa, but um, he's the only potential option with the MLS, except for miles Robinson, uh, who's not there. So he can't shine. And that's it. That's really it. Yeah. It, it is crazy, Tim, that this is truly the first year where not only the U S have all these European players, but you can make argument for other players not included that are currently in Europe. Like we've mentioned PFOC, obviously in the Bundesliga, Malik Tillman has been killing it. Absolutely killing it for Rangers. There. Yeah. So it's like, this is the first world cup cycle where we're like, Oh, what players could jump from MLS to Europe? And instead we're like, should we have taken more European based players? I've yeah. never, we've <laughs> never experienced this as U.S. fans. Austin, you got Austin trusty. Um, you got Pep. We didn't even talk about Ricardo Pepe yet. Who's in, uh, he's at Groningen and who's, uh, he's on loan there from Augsburg. Uh, geez. Yeah. So our team, our primary players now are 90% of them are in, are in Europe. 
So it's great that MLS is able to do it, and we're able to see people who are can thrive from the MLS and push over. That just but, goes to show that Greg's theory could be correct. Then you know you've already well, got quick. these good players over. You're going to have to take their siblings. Kevin, on to England, um, and how we're shaping up. Really, we've had the injuries though, haven't we? We've had a lot of injuries beforehand. They've been dropping like flies. Ben Shearwell went down, which was key because we, we don't really have a, any cover for Luke Shaw. Um, Kyle Walker, of course, he's not played since October, and he's probably going to miss that first game against Iran. Uh, Calvin Phillips has been off for over six weeks. And Reese James, that is a massive loss. Um, I think the only good thing about all our injuries are, or lack, we have, we've kept Harry Kane healthy, which I was thinking he was going to go down uh, on the last game of the uh, Premier League weekend. But no, he, he's still there. So, yeah, injuries have been a big factor for us lately. Yeah, but I know I think we've got quite a deep squad. I mean, yeah, looking, looking at what we've got, um, I'm quite satisfied um, yeah, with or without James Ward-Prowse, uh, yeah. it's still a very decent team. Maybe, maybe a, a little bit um, stretched in midfield. Don't have a huge number of options, do we? No, um, and that's why I thought Ward-Prowse could have been there. Jaden Sancho as well missed out, which you know he hasn't really been been firing at, at Man United, so you can understand. A lot of people are saying Chris Smalling probably should have been because he's been uh, playing outstanding for Roma. Apparently, he's in the form of his life. Um, Jose Marino loves him, apparently. So um, Chris Smalling would have been a different option because England just don't have the pace at the back, do they? You're looking at Harry Maguire and John Stones. They've got no pace at all. So it, it just goes to show how how much Kyle Walker is going to be to the squad. Because if, if we believe that Gareth Southgate is going to play that back three and you're going to play Kyle Walker as the right side of that back three, um, he, he's, he brings the pace. And then you've got the right wing back, of course, you can use... Um, Sure. Sure. No, uh, Trippier or um, Trent, if you have to. But I don't want to play Trent as a right back. If Trent's going to be playing in this team, he's going to need to be playing as a wing back and get forward because he can't defend, whereas Kyle Walker can. But I don't know. I mean, if he misses that Iran opener, Kyle Walker, by the way, and I think England will play a back four. I hope they do because I, I don't want I'm concerned that he's going to play too defensively um, with that with the wing back. So I, I'm, I'm going to say he goes for a four, three, three. Uh, and then when he mm. plays against, um, when he plays against the U S again, it really does depend whether, uh, Walker's fit. So my, my team, assuming that Walker isn't going to be fit for the U S game, I'm going to take Pickford and goal, uh, Trippier, right back, Shaw left back, Joyce. stone stones and Maguire at center. And then the free man mm. midfield of rice, Phillips and Bellingham. I want to give Bellingham a little bit more freedom. No Benderson. No Benderson and no Mount, no. Uh, and my front three, I'm going to go Kane through the middle and Saka and Foden. And then off the bench, you know, you've still got Grealish, Rashford, Sterling. You've got the attacking options. And then we're, obviously we're going to have like Mount, Henderson I, I, and, I like and Madison as well. So what about Kane, you? Kane, Rashford and Sterling is quite, quite a formidable front three. Yeah, no Grealish. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's a tough choice, isn't it? I don't know who I'd squeeze in out for a Grealish. You know, um, always Grealish falling over and Kane scoring a penalty. That's definitely a strategy. There you go, uh, Greg. There's a bet for you. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I also have over under five and a half. Average number of expletives English fans scream at Harry <laughs> Maguire whether he's on the pitch or not. <laughs> Always gonna get uh, it. Also, um, a non a non US or non England parlay over under two and a half punches thrown at Cristiano over under one and yeah. a half by his own teammates. 
Yeah, it's going to be Bruno. It is going to be Bruno. He's going to have him. So we go. Stones and Maguire as the, as the back yeah. two. Yeah. Walker if it, as a third if he's playing a back three. If he's playing oh. a back three, yeah, then mm. I would I would take. Uh, I still have Trippier on the, on the right wing back. Shaw on the left wing back. Trent and Shaw as the wing back. Soon. Not Trent. No, I'd have Trippier. I just just on form. Mm. Um, I like the idea of Trent getting more forwards. So yeah, if we are playing three at the back, I'd prefer Trent. And it's just yeah, that Christ. midfield three, isn't it? We've got, two, we've got a two. lot of options up front. That that that's definitely definitely a plus. Yeah, I like the attack. Token, it, it, yeah. so I've gone for Kane, Saka, and Foden. Now you could quite easily go Sterling and Grealish instead of Saka and Foden, but I just any of them. Yeah. You could, apart from Kane. Kane stays where he is, right? He's not moving yes. anywhere. But it's just whether who you want supporting him. I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to go for Saka and Foden just on form. Grealish definitely not on form. Same with Rashford. And Sterling hasn't been great this season, I don't think. But again, mm-hmm. Sterling's a great option off the bench. Yeah, I don't know. Sterling, when, when it comes to the big matches, he always seems to perform well. Yeah, he does. And I, he's got... He, he, he can, and I love the pace. Exactly. Running at that, that, that tired US defence and getting a penalty. I'll take it. Yes, please. Yes. Uh, a question for you guys then. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you because this is going to be fun. If you could assign the US to a Premier League team, uh, who they're more alike, who would it be? And, and why is it Leeds? And why is it Fulham? No. It's, oh, it's not Leeds. Oh, no, Leeds. just because Leeds, of all the US. Leeds is the easy one because they have a US manager yeah. and two US stars. Yeah. Um, boy, so Fulham, it has yeah. to be... <laughs> It has to be a, a team that I feel like is a bit entitled, underperforming, but actually has potential. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Leicester, where it's a team that feels like they deserve to be in that top six conversation, but they're not really in that top six conversation. And plus you fucking hate the manager as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that could be worse than Greg Berhalter is if Brendan Rodgers comes over and is now <laughs> U.S. team uh, manager. That that I think would put me into an early grave. I do believe that to be true. Tim. Uh, the easy answer. Well, yes, definitely. You can think of and say Leeds, but uh, it's definitely Fulham. Uh, there is no question that it is. It, it's always been Fulham. The thing is, is we've always been on the cusp of the top 20 teams in the world. So I think that's approximately fair. And with 17, you know, with 17 teams getting relegated this year, they've been doing really well, but they've had a history. They've also have a history of U.S. players playing for them. Glenn Dempsey, Landon Donovan, uh, head of owners uh, now who are uh, American based. So to me, I, I, it, it's Fulham. There's, there's just something about it that just makes me feel, I've always thought the closest team to the U.S. is, is like is Fulham. That's an easy answer. Kevin, same question to you, but for England. Got me asking at the moment, isn't it? Just say Tottenham. Yeah, that's mine. I'm going Tottenham. Just lots of talent. Never good enough when it matters. Always the bridesmaids. Yeah. uh, History of bad managers with massive egos. Yeah. Just, it's, it's, it's Spurs. (laughs) That's that's a big good shout. And when was the last time Spurs won anything? Exactly. 1966. (laughs) <laughs> no <laughs> yeah I'm, not, I'm with you i'm with you greg you first combine five aside you have to use three englishmen and two americans in this um kane easy i'd probably take Saka as well and then i need someone at the back but you guys kind of suck at the back too yeah we do uh, i'll take i'll take pickford i I've, i can't believe i'm saying that but 
<laughs> I mean, my other option is the is the backup goalie for Arsenal, so I'll I'll go Pickford, uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go the 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 Leeds duo of Adams and Aronson as my two Americans. Ah, okay, and Tim. Uh, Pickford at the back. That's an easy choice. Um, and then Kyle Walker is my center back slash uh, right back who can be dominant back there. And then last but not least for the um, for uh, for England, I am going to take Harry Kane. Then you've got Weston McKenney and you've got Christian Pulisic. Mm. OK, Kevin, same question, but you have to pick three Americans. Three Americans. God, why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, Pulisic. And McKenney would get in, and the third. You know you want Walker Zimmerman. I can feel it in your voice. I've got Dest, Aronson, and McKenney, and I've gone Kane and Pickford. It's a good choice. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. yeah, Kane. Okay, because uh, like, like um, uh, Greg said, uh, second choice Arsenal goalkeeper or Pickford. Pickford, Kane. Yeah, those are the two. Um, You've gone for two. I have to have an American defender. Make it Tim Reed, the, the legacy choice. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, Predictions then. I'll go to Greg first, just because I want any specific match predictions in this one. Is there any that that are tickling your balls? Uh, It's it really if we're talking specifically England, U.S., um, if if either England, if England drops points against Iran, England is going to win by two plus goals. So I the bet would be. England minus one and a half, not even like go beyond the money line and take England against the spread. If the U.S. wins and England needs points, I would actually go England minus two and a half because I think England would stop the ever loving crap out of them. <laughs> if the U.S. needs points and England lets off, I would honestly bet the draw. I, I just I think yeah. England, it would be a bit of a letdown game where they know that they will have to take points against Wales, most likely. They know that game is going to be volatile and more heated because it's Wales versus England. So if the U.S. needs points and England is coming off of the win against Iran, I do like the U.S. draw. And then if if both teams win, I'd probably I'd probably just stay away because I think you'd get two teams that are just trying to not kill each other uh, and prepare for that third game where the U.S. would likely need a point against Iran to feel good, and England knows they can just beat Wales in advance. Yeah. I, I quite like a bet of uh, saying that half the American defense is going to pick up a yellow card. Well, <laughs> I, mentioned, I mentioned this before uh, the other boys jumped on. If you want a U.S.-themed bet in a non-England game, the bet is in each of their last eight first World Cup games, a goal has been scored in the first ten minutes of a United States game. So mm-hmm. if you wanted. If you wanted to bet either the over on first half goals or if you get really specific and I think you can make a goal in the first 15 bet, it's a great bet in the United States-Wales yeah. uh, game. Um, Greg, score prediction. Uh, 3-1 England. I, I just mm. – I think the U.S. will sneak one in, but I just – I'm thinking of Harry Kane going up against Walker Zimmerman, and it doesn't Zimmerman. end well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a draw here. So I think it's going to be 1-1 and it's going to be a Pickford holler and it's going to oh, be just gosh. reminiscent and you are, you're, the English <laughs> media is going to go crazy and finally they're going to think, oh, is Pickford the right guy? No, I, I, um, no, nah, I, I don't think Pickford's going to holler. I think he's going to, I think he's going to play fantastically, but I, 
I think it, it will be a one-one. We'll get like a cheap penalty thanks to um, McGuire, like an Aronson drive in the box or something like that, and England will get like a beautiful, like a beautiful one-two connection, and then Raheem Sterling will tap it in. Um, I think it'll be not the prettiest game in the world, but all full of drama. And yeah, that's it. That's my prediction. Kevin. Yeah, England's going to win two 0 Okay. I got England winning two. Harry Kane penalty. You'll see that. Okay. Specific. Yeah, I'm going two one England. Um, Greg, who's going to win the World Cup? Oh God, it's so boring to say it, but it's it's Brazil. Like yeah. they are the team best mm-hmm. built. They have the best path to the final. Uh, Benzema going down yesterday makes me feel even more confident about it. Um, Who'd he go down? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? No. I'm not going to get canceled today. I, I've decided I'm going to be, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be safe. Um, no, I, I know it's really boring to say, Oh, the favorite's going to win the world cup, but, Honestly, if it's not Brazil or Argentina, I just don't know who it would be. And I I just like the Brazilian path a lot more. Yep, I'm with you. I'm going Brazil. Tim? Obviously, you, you lean towards Brazil, but I guess I want to be different. Uh, and by different is I think Germany will uh, will take it. Okay, no, that is quite different, I suppose, yeah. Uh, Kevin, who's going to win the World Cup? I mean, Brazil's going to win it, but if I'm going to be different, I'll say France. Okay. Uh, golden boot. I, I'll say Kevin De Bruyne. I, I just, Ooh. I love picking him. I love rooting for him. I do think Belgium's going to be a little feistier than we're giving them credit to being, specifically you, Ray. Yeah. Um. So I'll, I'll go KDB. I, okay. I think he does a number on this tournament. I'm going to go Kylian Mbappe for the simple fact that he's got to play Tunisia and Australia, and I think France are going to go deep. So there's only one person that's going to bang in their goals. He's going to just have a yeah, he's, he's going to average a goal a game in the group, at least. So, yeah, Mbappe for me. Tim? Yeah, it, if because Benzema uh, is out injured now, I would have been hesitant to take him because I think they would have split the goals. But Mbappe is the clear favorite with France. Uh, they play Denmark, Tunisia, and Australia. He's going to pop in four within the first three games, and I don't think anybody's going to be able to take that. I think Harry Kane's going to score probably three goals. Three against um, America, and, and then... Yeah. And but if you're considering like long term, I don't think I think France is going to hit uh they're going to they're going to hit out in the the quarterfinals. So your next best bet is got to be Neymar. Um I think mm, Messi yeah. is going they're going to say Messi and be like, "Oh, he's uh you know, he's going to he's going to play more of a deeper role line role like he has at PSG and he will be able to take penalty kicks, but um I think he'll have the most assists in the tournament." I'll I'll say this: If you wanted to go a Brazilian, Vinicius Junior is fifty to one. Like that is oh, that is a wow. really that's, that's a good. really juicy bet. If the if you want the who on Brazil is likely to be the the missile towards goal and they're going to go deep, fifty to one is really good. That's honestly. amazing. How is that? Ooh, fifty God, or fifteen? Yeah. Uh, five zero. Last I saw. Yeah. Wow. Because I think uh, you just have to think: How does popular money bet? They're just going to overload. The Messi's, the Neymar's, mm. the Mbappe's—they're going to overload the obvious choices. But if you want the guy who might actually be putting goals in for Brazil and make the juice worth the squeeze, Vinicius is really good odds. But with the amount of attacking quality Brazil have, is he going to start? I don't think that's, he will. That's that's the rub. You don't yeah. know for sure he's going to be in the squad for every game. At the same time, 
if Brazil does have these lopsided games, he come into he can yeah. come into these death moments when they're already up four nothing, and he'll just make it eight nothing. Yep, I, I I see. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm definitely gonna have have some money on that. That's definitely worth it. Um, Kev, who's Golden Boot? Uh, I'm 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 glad that nobody else has said it so far. I'm going Memphis Depay. Um, yeah, a number number. He was a joint top top scorer in the European qualifying, and uh, plus they they've got Qatar. Senegal and Ecuador, I reckon you can get a hat trick in any of them. That's a good point. But I will say one thing. Uh, they don't have a natural number nine, and he's not a number nine. He plays off of it, which is why I think Cody Gakpo is going to have a great breakout tournament. And then he's going to rub our faces in it because we could have signed him for 20 million. After this tournament, know. he's going to be about 50 million after this tournament. And I think he'll get more goals. than. We should have spent all of our... I know. Just on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have done. But yeah. Yeah, OK. I've got a couple of quizzes. It's called Y'all Say Tomato, We Say Arsehole. Or as the Americans would say, <laughs> You Say Tomato, We Say Asshole. So, yeah, it's just um, <clears throat> this week I was teaching uh, some of my students uh, American and British English and the differences. Um, yeah, we're a little bit more exposed, to, I think, to American culture than Americans are to the British culture. Would that be fair to say? Hey, now hold on. The Crown does really well on Netflix. <laughs> well, um, because there's 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 two of you, and I'm going to allow you to confer. You've got a little bit of an advantage, but Ray is uh, a self-confessed, uh, yeah, America file, so it, sh- it should be quite easy for you. Yeah, we'll start off with, with Tim and Greg then. So, um, I'll I'll give you what you call it. You have to tell us. You have to tell us what we call it. So, um, yeah, what do we call? Uh, bachelor party oh is it is it a stag it is yeah, yeah. it is a stag hen and the hen and stag party yeah you've uh, preempted my next question so um, i'll skip straight to the third what do we call a hickey i know of course you know do you do you just call it herpes and call it a day <laughs> <laughs> call a doctor <laughs> i i honestly have no idea probably a love bite isn't it yes Ah, yeah. What do we call pickup lines? So, yeah, it's a way to get your hickey, your love bite. Um, I don't know. Boy, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm relying on Tim, whether Tim is all-knowing or... Well, I would just go with swear words because it's probably your uh, term, d- terms of endearment and affection. Is just, <laughs> yeah. just swearing at somebody else and seeing if they uh, see if I they like you or not. <laughs> um, what do we say then, Marie? Uh, is it chat up? It's a chat up line, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. that's, that just doesn't make any sense. What do you, you know what? I Shut can talk up. to anybody. I can talk to anybody. Are you guys just more like you're just more aware of the alphabet than I am, I guess? <laughs> well, you, you can you can chat someone up. Yeah, but I, I could chat anybody up. I, they're only specific people I'm trying to pick up. I only pick up rubbish. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, your your love bite. Uh, if you want to disguise it. Uh, what what do we call a band-aid? Oh, I used to know this. Am I allowed to answer any of these? No. Oh. I, not, not until they have. Band-aid, I'm just going to say, oh, God. Tim's cheating it's pro- away. <laughs> it's, probably something, it's probably something so easy and so obvious that I'll be like, well, it can't possibly be that. Like, do you just call it a wrap or something? That's a sandwich, mm-hmm. isn't it? <laughs> well, we ha- we have 27 ways to say sandwich. If you ever want to get into that, <laughs> so you're saying like so like make I would say make so fun fact band aids actually a company so it's a branded term just kind of how like frisbee is uh, to flying disc. Um, so I'm gonna go with um, a bandage. Mm. We 
We'd say a sticking plaster. A plaster, yeah, a plaster. Plaster, yeah. We you talk about a band-aid solution to something. We talk about a sticking plaster. Um, all right, one more. Yeah, what do you? What do we call a a crosswalk? Oh, Abbey Road. <laughs> the is it just like something off the White Album? <laughs> well, yeah. Listen, I don't know how you Brits do with <laughs> with your Jingo Jango over there. All right. <laughs> Bingo, rango, jingle. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a petty? You call it a petty? I don't know Just what that mind. is. Uh, I'm going to go with something like a line over. I've never no. heard of that. So. Right. I, I have no idea what a crosswalk is, but I, is it some sort of – it's not a sidewalk, is it? Is it a zebra crossing? Yeah, a pedestrian crossing. Oh, so it is a petty. Oh yeah, but if people What's say if you said pedestrian crossing, you, you people know exactly what it is. Well, we've over got here. we've got we've got zebra, we got pelican, we got puffin. Ah, uh, yeah, they're they're all technically rather different, aren't they? Yeah, well, some of them have got buttons. Some of them, like a zebra crossing or a zebra crossing, as you would call it, uh, they 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 have to stop as soon as they see it, like Abbey Road. Yeah, I mean, in the United States, you're supposed to stop, but uh, <laughs> if you've been to New York City, you're taking your life in your own hands there. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah we've got four more and uh, there's ten ten each okay um so um what do we call a, the a dumpster the kind that you might put some uh uh building into yeah well i know you call trash just rubbish generally right yeah but i mean the big messy ones you can oh. tell them the correct answer um, uh so what do you call an actual dumpster is it just harry Maguire? <laughs> it's got a head like one, isn't it? It's big. Is it too big? Like, is that too big? I'm gonna, I'm gonna nominate Harry Maguire as my actual guess. <laughs> Tim, do you have anything to add? Oh uh, well, it'd be, uh, I don't. It's a bin, so it'd be like a giant bin or like a skip bin or something like that. Skip, yeah, yeah skip, a skip, yeah. skip bin. Yep, nice one. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's another um, brand name, but yeah, what do we call Scotch tape? Sticky, Jim. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, a bandage. Go with bandage again. <laughs> no, Harry <great>. Maguire. <laughs> no, is it? Is it sellotape? Sellotape. That's an... huh. Yeah, also a brand name. Okay, two more. Um, how do you say counterclockwise? Oh, is it just? Do you just go Australian? Because doesn't everything go backwards in Australia? <laughs> We're, like we're, when you flush the toilet, when you flush the toilet in Australia, the water goes the other way. Yeah, really we're not we're not weird. Southern Hemisphere. Right? <laughs> yeah, but I just don't know if you just refer to everything as Australian if no. it goes backwards. <laughs> uh, counterclockwise, I I don't know. I, Tim, I, I'm, have you heard us say this the other way? Anticlockwise. Anticlockwise. Yeah. Pacifier. The kind you'd give a baby. What do we call it? Oh, I I think I actually know this one. Go on, Greg. Oh, it's, is it is it just something as simple as like a sucker? What you're going to surprise me then? I thought I, I I liked this a lot better when I knew what a stag party was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what my wife calls me all the time. That sounds a dummy. A dummy, yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay, Tim's just saved you. You got five out of ten. So do you That's think Greg? Can you do better than that? Yes. All right. Um. All right. So what do they call bird watchers? No idea. No idea. No idea. Guys, y'all. Yeah, I, I call them weird. I don't. I don't think bird I. Bird <laughs> you don't call them birders. Birdwasher. Oh, I've heard. I've heard birders, but like, I. I don't think it's ever been used casually. So I've never heard anyone that's not an American say bird. Bird. Bird watcher. Yeah. So bird. I, I mean, bird watcher is. I've, I've never heard that before. Yeah. 
All right. Um, yeah. What What do they say for uh, for hand luggage? Carry on. Yes. Yeah. Is that right? That is correct. I mean, it's correct if I'm going on a plane. I don't yes. think I would ever call something a carry on bag if I wasn't on a plane. We'd call it an overnight bag as well. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd probably more commonly call it an overnight bag. But you know, I mean, specifically the 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 luggage that you don't check in. Yeah, if I'm in an airport, it's a carry-on. That's the one. All right. Um, curtains, the kind that you'd put up over a window. Oh, uh, drapes. Yeah, be right there. Yeah, because blinds, blinds are a little something different, where like yeah. they're, they're not that actual material. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, <clears throat> I, I reckon you maybe do call it sometimes the same as us, but um, yeah, what do they also call a laptop computer? Um, no. Ah, gents, uh, give them a hand. I've only ever called it a laptop. Yeah. Really? For me, I mean, is it a handheld? No, do you, do you not call them notebooks? Yeah, so uh, so well, Mac, that, Mac Mac is a, that's a, a type Mac of computer laptop. is a it's a top it's a type of laptop. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's a notebook. Uh, yeah, it would be, and it like would, the, the and the the Chrome notebook is like I would more commonly refer to that as like an iPad. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't feel bad about not knowing that one. All right, okay. If you um, if I, you told me if you told me you were bringing your notebook over to watch football. I would think you're bringing a pen and paper. Yeah. Ah, okay. This should have been the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to be. Um, so, yeah, you, we might say uh, I'd rather cut my throat with a blunt knife. But what would they call a blunt knife? Uh, no, I don't know. No. no. Eggs? I'd, I'd say, I mean, if it's either butter knife or dull knife, right? Dull. Yeah. Yeah, dull. Dull, dull knife. Right, dull okay. knife. Butter knife or dull knife? Not yeah, sharp. Dull, dull means boring. And where, where are we? I mean, it also means boring here, but it, ah. is, it, it does refer to uh, if a knife isn't sharp, you could say it's dull. Oh, okay. How might they also, you might use your, your blunt knife or your dull knife uh, to cut up some, some healthy food. What would they say? Maybe not healthy, but... No. No? I'm sucking at this. Am I right in saying that you sometimes say healthful? Healthful? Mm. No, I, I don't. I don't. Th- I've never heard never. that. No, I've you've never heard that. Yeah, no. uh, because I listen to some American podcasts and they quite frequently say "healthful." And well, I, never. I, I think you listen to some weirdos there, Kevin. <laughs> I, I, it could be. It could be. Is it like a? Is it like a food-based podcast where they're using it as a term to describe? Like a, yeah, a mechanism a to eat perspective. Yeah. yeah, I could I could see that, but it's not in common day society. Oh, okay. All right. This one definitely is. Um, what do they call a plug socket? So you can plug in your notebook computer. A wall, so- a wall socket? A plug? I should know this. Do you guys know what we're talking about? I do. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one. This one I know confidently. Plug socket. It's a plug socket. <laughs> it's a plug socket. <laughs> I don't know then. I'm going to kick myself with this one. I feel like I should know this. No, I don't know. I'll give up. We're talking about an outlet, right? Yeah, an electrical outlet. outlet. Yeah, it's also if you ever play pickup basketball, you hear a bunch of out of shape white dudes yelling "outlet, outlet" to try to get yeah. a pass down the court. Yeah, yeah. Also, also means a plug in the wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. So Ray, you need to get all three of these to take it to sudden death. Oh fucking hell. These. Uh, so the item of clothing that Gareth Southgate made uh, famous and popular. So what's a waistcoat? Oh, tank top, uh, pullover, no. jack jacket, waistcoat, pullover. You get you get one cardigan. Uh, you get one option, mate. 
is, is it one of them? It's definitely <laughs> not, not Cardigan because he's not it's wearing not sweaters. any of them. A yeah. Cardigan is a full sweater. Yeah. So a, wa- a waistcoat, yeah, like they wear at the at, at, um, at the snooker. Like- Yes. Dinner jacket. The jacket's the full jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's losing it. Oh, fuck's sake. No, I don't know. No. The vest. vest. Yeah. Oh, the vest. Just a vest. All oh, right, yeah. Just okay. a vest. It's easy. Like, do you remember that um, Mr. Burns song? See my vest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was a waistcoat. Okay, yeah. I didn't really think about it. Wait, it ones... it's, it's, funny. it's funny that you would say waistcoat, because by implying coat, I'm thinking, like, in America, we would assume it has sleeves. If it doesn't have sleeves, it has to be a vest. That's that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it, it's not a coat. All right. Um. You you you. you so yeah, there's two two left, but you can redeem yourself slightly. What do they call a staff room in the school? Oh oh my god, it started off so well. Welcome to my life, man. Staff room. Uh. You got this. You got this. I believe in you. You can thanks, do it. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to say it sounds a lot more swanky in an American school. Than... I don't know. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to do a lot better at this, but I've completely blown <laughs> out. No, I don't Sta- know. So staff room, I'm assuming you mean faculty room? Teacher's lounge. Teacher's, oh, teacher's lounge. lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teacher's See, lounge. I was going to say faculty, but I thought... Doesn't no, that sound nice? Yeah, that's what they call like the staff and stuff, isn't it? The faculty. But, yeah. 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 I, I would, if, you, if you called it a staff room, I would have assumed you thought to say bathroom and would have told you where the bathroom was. Yeah, it's either teacher's lounge or faculty room, for okay. sure. One last one that I was going to give to Ray, but I'm, I'm going to flip it and give it to, to, to you, you, Jim. I bet I know this one. Yeah, do you call it a traffic circle? Oh, no, it's a roundabout. Ah, okay, well, that's a good job. I didn't ask that question, then. Now, if you're in New England, it's called a rotary. <laughs> that's, no, no, as, come on. No, as, as, as someone that grew up in Connecticut, we only called them roundabouts. Wow. Oh, New, true. I mean, we're talking New Hampshire here, so it's a road in Boston. It's a rotary. Well, Boston, Boston's fucking weird. So I'll give, yeah. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Every, have you ever seen someone lay out a map of traffic patterns in Boston? Someone was fucking trashed when no. they made roads. <laughs> it's the cow pass. It's literally the cow pass. And then they just put roads over them. That's how it's, that's how it was. It's and, nuts. It's you look at New York City and while it's congested and crazy, it makes sense. Then you look at Boston, and it's like one road is going in seven different directions at the same time. Come to Chicago, man. Everything is on a perfect grid, and it's 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 fantastic. It's utterly fantastic. The dream. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. So yeah, these are individuals. So I'm going to give you four places, names of four different places, and you have to tell me whether they're in which ones in Wales, which ones in England, which ones in the USA, and which one is in Iran. Ooh. Oh, God. Okay, so, Ray, I'll start off with you. Mm-hmm. Cox, my anus, Sodom, and Jism. <laughs> wait, wait, these are all places, and they're all in those four countries? Yeah, each of them are in one of the Okay, uh, so Cox, I'm going to say, is in is in England. Jism is in, <laughs> is in Iran. Uh, my anus has got to be in the US, uh, and Sodom... Would be Wales. You've got it. Yeah, home run. Nice yes. Hey. <laughs> All right. Um, Greg. Oh, hit me. Plump, ass, felch, <laughs> and thong. I'll go felch, Wales, thong, Iran, ass, England, plump, United States. Absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> plump is in Wales. Ass is in Iran. Uh, thong is in Kent in England. And <laughs> felch is in Michigan. Oh. Felch. <laughs> Ooh, um, Tim, 
Let's do this. Your, cho- your, your choices are dick, droop, shit, <laughs> and pant. Uh, so let's go with uh, dick is in Wales, droop is in Iran, shit is in the US, and pant is in England. I think they're all in Wales, to be honest. <laughs> Tim also, and yeah, nothing there. Um, pant, um, I didn't give it to Ray because there's a lot of places that have got pant in it. I can't remember what it means in Welsh, but yeah, that's in, in Wales. Um, yeah, shit is in Iran. Uh, <laughs> and Dick is in Pennsylvania. Dick, Pennsylvania. It, oh, I would have, in Tim's defense, actually, I, would have thought, I would have thought shit was in the US too because Shit's Creek got really big here. So yeah. I would have just figured. It's Canada though. That's, yeah, that's that's Canada. Canada. Oh, those fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really want to go to shit Iran now. Oh. <laughs> I've wanted to go there since I, I discovered Microsoft in, in Carter. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say I've ever had the desire to go to Iran. No. Uh, I'll, I'll be frank about that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say four place names. You're going to have to tell me which group it is. You get one shot each. Okay, we'll oh, take God. it in advance. Okay, so come, shid, crap. And banjo. What group? Oh shit. Group We're gonna go with the H because it's gonna be Portugal, Uruguay, and and the other ones. Uh, it sounds about right. I thought of immediately Portugal for it. Nah. So. I'm right. gonna go. I'm gonna go Group G. Group G it is Group G. Yeah. Okay. okay. For for up to four points, can you can you match them to the countries? Banjo Cameroon. Shid is in Switzerland. Come in Serbia. Don't, and the other one Brazil. Crap. Crap, yeah, in Brazil. There we go. Yeah, no, but Banjo is in Cameroon, but um, yeah, Shid's in Serbia, Com is in Brazil, and Crap is in Switzerland. Uh, you get an extra point. You're killing this one. Uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give you another one. Pussy, buggery, middle fart, and fat NASA. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go Group E for that one. No way. One of those. Those. One of those places has to be in Germany. I'm gonna go. Know, e, I'm gonna go E as well because Pussy's got to be Japan, right? I know this one. Come on, Tim. Whatever the group that has Denmark in it, because Middle Fart is in Denmark, and I knew that. Group D. All right, Group D. Yeah, go on then, Tim. Do you want to name the other three? No, Fat Nasser is going to be. Um, that's going to be Australia. Um, Buggery is going to be. Um, France. No, you started so well. Um, yeah, uh, Pussy is in France. Uh, buggery mounts in Australia and uh, fat nasters in Tunisia, but you did pick up a point. Oh, Greg said buggery was was in Australia. <laughs> okay, tit, poop, boob, hell, and fun time. Tit, hell, fun time. What was the fourth one? Poop. Um, I'm gonna go group C. I'll go group H. Um, it is group C though. Yeah, Sorry, had... H. Fun time is in Argentina. Tit is in Mexico. Poop is in Poland, and the other one is Saudi Arabia. Nope. Ah! Yeah, I would have said hell is in Poland, for sure. Hell is in Poland. Ah! Um, Poop's in Mexico, tit is in Argentina, and Alphantime is in Saudi Arabia. Oh, damn it. All right, last one. Whore, penis, cunting, rectum. There's no place called cunting, surely. But if there is, it's got to be Germany, right? Cunting. Yeah, it's got to be Group E. Oh, I would have said Group F. Tim, what would you say? Oh, yeah. Good point. No, it's with Germany. I think it's Germany, too. No, you're wrong. Uh, Ray, you get another go, then. A. Yes, it is A. Which Just because which? that's the only group you haven't said. 
yeah. Whore, penis, cunting, and rectum. Whore, penis, cunting, and rectum. This isn't right, surely. I'll tell, I bet you cunting's in the United States because nobody thought <laughs> twice about that one. I think they could all be in the Netherlands. <laughs> I don't know. Go on, tell me. Um, rectum's in the Netherlands. Uh, oh. Penis is, or pinas is in Ecuador. Cunting's, well, it's actually in the Gambia, but I can't it is Senegal. <laughs> and Alhor is actually where we're playing uh, against the United States, isn't it? Oh, I thought it was Alkir. There you go. I told you my Alhor. Al- um, can you match Spurt, Dildo, Tantan, and Big Fart? Big Fart. These places can't be real. They are. Um, Big Fart is translated from the original language. But okay, is it Morocco? Big Fart's not in Morocco. Shit. Shit's in Iran. <laughs> Tantan's Canada. So you're saying uh, Tantan? I I'll. No, I bet you Squirt has got to be Croatia, right? Or like maybe it has a different pronunciation. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Tim's quite silent. That's because he's watching the fucking football with the rest of us. <laughs> no. Oh, I'll let you go. I, I, I agree with Greg, though. Um, no, yeah. Spurt's in Belgium. Uh, Dildo's in Canada. Um, oh. It's in Nova Scotia. Uh, Tantan's in, in Morocco. And Big Fart is uh, translated from the Croat. So all these places that you've just mentioned are now on my to-go list. No, yeah. I want to do that selfie in front of the, 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 uh, the sign. You are now in arse. Well, I, I think I've been in Cum Brazil before, so I think I've got that one checked off. <laughs> totally uh, the ch- the childish names of the world. Yeah. Oh, this is totally a different direction. I thought this America uh, England fixture was going to go down, but yeah, it was good. It was funny. Uh, thanks um, for that, Kev. Yes. Yeah. I think you know I've lived most of my life uh, in in vain because I've been to many of these countries and I haven't visited a single place. Um, haven't in, even been to Droop indoors, it? <laughs> no, I've never been to Droop, but no. Okay. Right. Um, I think that's it. We're going to go off and watch the rest of this game. There's only about five minutes left of it now, I think. Uh, thanks to, to Greg uh, for coming along and Tim, of course, and Kevin. Thanks for that wonderful uh, quiz. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, best of luck up, to the US. Up, up the Yanks. Hmm. Oh, by the way, a quick question. Do you mind being called Yanks? Is that something that you get offended by? No. Okay. If you, but if you were from Alabama or Mississippi and you were called a Yank, they would, they would take offense to it. But, uh, I think Yankees are it, this day and age because it was, it's been taken out of, it's been so many years and by years, I mean, it's 200 years or so post, uh, we've made it our own, uh, we've made it our own and it's, okay. it's unique to the world. So to me, I don't take offense to it. But um, like I said, if you lived in Mississippi, they called me that and because uh, I'm from Chicago and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. But we can both unite in calling them rednecks, right? <laughs> yeah. For me, it's if, if a foreigner calls me a Yank, that's fine. You don't know any better. It's fine. If someone in New York City calls me a Yank, fuck you. I root for the Mets. And then if a foreigner, <laughs> if, a foreigner if, if a southerner calls me a Yank, I remind them who won the war and what that war was about. Yep. There you go. That's, <laughs> that it, that's all, all good. Summation. All good there. Thank you. But yeah, guys, thanks very much for coming on. Um, it's been a blast. Speaking of slavery, let's go and watch the World Cup in Qatar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. There and on go. that note, uh, yeah, up the England, I guess. <laughs> fuck, fuck your tea. We're taking it back.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.